0: That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. Yo, what's up, Luis Felipe? What's going on, bro? K. Santana 10 what's up? Coach Edgar, welcome to the live. Happy to have you. Mick Musa, musa M-C musa Thumbs up to you as well. Thanks so much for joining. Appreciate having you. Yo, what up, guys? As everyone is trickling in, LAFC underscore highlights. What's going on? Chad Wiggin, welcome to the show. What's up? Quincy, see you Saturday. That's what's up. See you guys this weekend. Going to be back in the old stomping ground. shytown town What up? Uh, underscore lime underscore I. What's going on? Keo. Yeah, Keo, two thousand and three. Welcome. First time I think I've seen you. Ryan McDowell, what's going on? It's Aguilar and Shannon. What's up, guys? For Ferrer uh, Ramir? Ramirez, F E R R A M I R E Z underscore fourteen. What's going on? A Nunez ten. Welcome to the live, guys. I missed you. What's going on? That is correct. We are back. At it And for those of you who don't know, welcome to another episode of the Hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro Show. I don't know what episode number we are on, but we are well into it. I think we're almost in the 30s. I'm going to look into seeing what episode we're actually on. But if this is your first time joining in here on the live or listening in on the replay, the Ask a Soccer Pro Show is hosted by yours truly, Quincy Ameriquois I am currently in my 11th year of professional soccer here in MLS, that's Major League Soccer. I currently play for DC United. And uh, we are well into the summertime here. Uh, For those of you joining in, you know I play for the MLS, but what we talk about on this show is the MSL. That's correct. The Mental Strength League. And that is a game that you are either playing, because you know you're playing, or you're getting played. Guys, we talk about a lot of things here on this show, but the main and core focus is how to survive in the MSL the mental strength league and uh, Soccer is how we get connected. Thank you for joining me the chances are you heard about me because of soccer But what we talk about are the lessons that I have learned over the course of my 11 year career uh, Professionally and overall what 20 plus 25 year plus year uh, just soccer career in general and uh, we uh, We work together to figure out how to accomplish our goals both on and off the field. So thank you so much for joining me. And uh, if you ever had some questions for a professional soccer player, now is your chance to get them answered. We go live here on The Perfect Soccer Account every Thursday at 6 p.m. PST. That's 9 p.m. EST. And let's jump into it, guys. Let's see what we got. Uh, What up? Nickelodeon, welcome, Roger Wall FC, happy to have you, Luis, Luis Felipe, first question of the day, Luis said, do you get disrespected a lot, disrespect, bro, so he's talking about a game that we play called disrespect, which is a fun game, which has deeper meanings to just the surface level of it, but in general, yeah, I get disrespected all the time, sometimes people are disrespecting me and they don't even know they're doing it. And other times they're doing it on purpose, but in the MSL, we are aware of that and we do not allow our short term emotions of people disrespecting us to prevent us from accomplishing our long term goals. Because if we allow someone being disrespectful with us in the short term to make us act in a manner that doesn't serve us in the long term, we're giving them control over our future. And we don't, we don't do that here. We look at disrespectful gestures as, as, uh, as proof that we are making progress to move forward. And in the short term, they're doing things that they can to take that power away from us. So the more disrespectful people get, you should look at that as progress. Um, which can get difficult because as time goes on and things get more difficult, there's more and more outside noise There's more and more pressure to get you to conform, you know conform 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 be concerned with what other people think about you be concerned with your inability to uh, Figure out what's going on and how to overcome it So yeah disrespect comes in a lot of different forms but as you guys know here we talk about perspective and I like to take the perspective that I will use the disrespect as fuel and motivation to help me accomplish my goals. <sighs> mm. Good question, Luis Felipe. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see what we got here. <laughs> oh Man, that's good. J.Villastan, welcome to the live. You underscore Al Medin. You guys got some... I mean I got a difficult last name but come on guys some of these screen names don't make no sense. Um, Ryan McDowell asked how many hours should you train every day Uh, Ryan that that is a very specific question to your individual goals both in the short term and long term and your your age um, and your skill set. So. If you could give a little bit more context as to kind of where you're at in your soccer career, what it is you're looking to accomplish, and um, how much you train already, maybe I can give you a more specific answer. But um, speaking to that, that's a good opportunity for me to bring up, uh, bring up our B Pro division uh, for you guys. Um, a lot of people have been asking us questions specific to that, and uh, it really, like I said, it really depends on where you're at, what your goals are, what you want to accomplish and achieve. As well as your current workout and training regimen, so we we built the B Pro division as a way to connect you with a uh, with a pro who will put you through building out a specific program tailored just to you on a monthly scale or like on a monthly time frame. So we work with with your training schedule, we work with what your goals are, and we build out a, a workout program and a training program specific to you that will help you accomplish your goals. So if you guys haven't already applied. Um, you have to apply to work with us and apply for that program because we take that program very seriously. It's uh, it's B, it's called B Pro for a reason. Um, we treat you like a pro in that program. So uh, you've got to apply. So if you're interested in applying for that, go to perfectsoccerskills.com slash Be Pro, B-E-P-R-O, and uh, sign up for us there. So while I was waiting on that, Ryan Told said I'm 13 trying to become pro. I, I try to train four to five hours a day in the summer. Okay, so if you're I'm gonna make a couple of assumptions here and then kind of build out from there and you can figure out where you fall into this um, Training just over the summer isn't enough Training consistently over the course of the year is more important. So let's say you've got three months in the summer and it's great if you train four, three, four to five hours every single day during the summer. But if after the three months are over, you don't train anymore for the rest of the year, I would say it'd be better to train two hours a day, three or four days a week, even let's say three days a week, every week for one year. You'd get more out of doing that than training four to five hours a day every day for three months. So, uh, consistency over time yields big results so we've talked about this a lot in the past uh, exponential versus linear thinking um, we fall in as humans we fall into the I, we fall into the uh, trap of believing that our experience our experience is linear so um uh, 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 as opposed to um uh, 1 2 4 uh, 8 1632 right so exponential but it takes time to get there Um, and the only way that you do that is with consistency over time so first and foremost is saying um, just training during the summer for four hours a day isn't enough to get you there Um, more importantly yeah more important than your training regimen um, I believe is your mindset and your mentality so uh, programming yourself to have the right mentality so that you do have the right uh, perspective to be consistent over time as opposed to um, short-sighted, um, short-term focused. Uh, the best way to develop that would be to make sure that you get a free copy of our book, Perfect Soccer Player Blueprint, master Nine Keys of Soccer Success. This will uh, start building, uh, helping you understand how to build the correct mentality, kind of in all in one place. You can go to perfectsoccerskills.com book, make sure you get a copy of that over there. Then from there, once you've gone through that, it'll get you in um, the rhythm of listening to and joining in on the Ask Us Pro Show live, just like we're doing right now. So the real purpose and reason that I do this every Thursday weekly is to showcase to you guys the importance of doing things consistent over time. So I consistently go live on this account at the same time, every Thursday, every single week, week over week, over week, over week, and over time... Our uh, people's awareness of our brand what we're talking about the concepts the ideas that we're sharing the things that we're working on uh, you start to get the results from that over time so if you're just joining in for the first time uh, right now welcome if you've been go uh, if you've been following and listening and joining in on the lives for some time now I'd love if you guys could drop below some things that you've learned over time some things that have um, improved personally for you uh, things that you've taken away, things that you've learned, uh, if you've gotten value out of this, and and why. So please drop those in the in the comments below because I need some of you guys' feedback. We've been doing this for over seven or oh, some somewhere in the realm of seven or eight months now, and uh, some people have been with us from the beginning, and uh, I'm very confident that some people should definitely. Uh, start seeing some results from applying what it is that we've been discussing especially here on the show from a mentality perspective. So please drop some of that below and let me know uh, what you've what you've taken away so far. Um, on top of that, if you're just joining in live, I upload all of the replays. So if you don't know something similar, like I said, I've talked about exponential versus linear thinking in the past. And you want to get a full understanding of what that means, how that works and applies to both uh, what you're doing on the field and off the field, go back and check a couple of our um, of the replays over there. Let's see. So, and all the replays, if you're wanting access to those, is at uh, perfectsoccerskills.com slash AASP. Uh, Soccer underscore and underscore fishing said, you guys are the best IG feed. Thank you very much. We put a lot of time and effort into this, so we appreciate um, that feedback, especially if it's true. You guys already know the number one, first uh, uh, of our core values is self-honesty. We like to we like to uh, be honest and uh, receive honest feedback as to where we are, um, how we're operating, and the information we're sharing with you guys. And if it's valuable to you, because if it isn't, we need you to be honest with us so we can improve and be better. Estrada, welcome to the live. What's going on? Um, When I'm... DxDdy underscore Juan Jr. asks, when I'm in a game, I get mad. Why is that? Well, frustration tends to happen when you are confused. You are confused when you don't understand what's happening in the moment, or you're frustrated with the fact that other people don't understand what's happening in the moment. So um, getting mad is... Oh, that's a good one. So for me, the emotion of being angry or upset is the recognition of a lack of understanding. Yeah, is the recognition of a lack of understanding in the current moment. So usually you get mad when you see something that is a reflection to you of your inability to grasp a concept. That's what being angry is to me, at least from my perspective, the way that I would describe it. Um, Most people think something makes them angry, but you make yourself angry. Uh, You make yourself angry because you're reacting to what you see or what you hear and what you see or what you hear doesn't align with what you believe Um, and because it doesn't align with what you believe you want to uh, deny its existence or or fight it, yeah. And that is what I feel people def- define or describe as anger. But maybe they, the uh, or it, uh, I wouldn't say they describe that as anger. They experience that as anger. What I've described is what I would describe to be the experience of anger. Um, for me, on the field, once I recognize that emotion, I can now understand what emotion I'm feeling and why, and then I can assess and better critically think as to what I need to do to overcome or to uh, deal with my current uh, lack of understanding. And sometimes there's nothing you can do. So you need to accept the fact that you are uh, you don't understand or you want, aren't prepared or you don't have enough experience in the current moment, but you can look at that as an opportunity to then um, to self-reflect, uh, game plan, uh, do the work to improve, to overcome that in the future. So the next time that it happens, you recognize what's going on, it doesn't evoke the same uh, emotion of anger in you, it, it should ev- evoke um, a level of understanding and if you're prepared and you're planning accordingly, you know what to do in that moment so you can hopefully overcome that temporary obstacle. So like I said, usually the problems that you're running into on the field uh, the soccer problems, the temporary soccer, are, are, soccer are, uh, obstacles you're facing on the field are the similar to the, art, uh, the obstacles you're facing off the field. And it's really um, – for me, it comes down to becoming, a, uh, becoming an educated investor. And I believe most people – and I, I don't, I've talked about this before. I believe everyone is an investor of their time because everyone is investing their time in something. I feel most people are poor investors, especially with their time. Um, many people are poor investors of their money. Uh, money is a different language, so there's a language to money, and understanding that language allows you to generate to generate money. But more importantly, there's a language to time management, and most pe- and most near all people don't understand that they don't know how to manage their time um, and control their time, which makes them, in my opinion, poor investors of time and. Uh, when you see something that you're not happy with that usually uh reflect reflects upon your in uh your lack of preparation with the time you had before you got to this moment in time and then it elicits an emotional response usually an emotional response makes you make a an emotional decision an irrational decision and and an irrational decision is another poor investment of your time so you get into a cycle of poor investments and slow consistent poor investments uh based in emotion over time yield you really big negative results in the long run so learning to recognize and control your emotions in the short term and being consistent with that over time yields you great results in the long term positive experiences and uh uh yeah positive experiences and a better understanding of who you are self awareness and um uh, allows you to be in control of where you invest your time, so that you can uh, further expedite your growth in the future. This is all a process, guys. Everything that I'm discussing and talking to you about um, can even make a lot of sense, or make maybe makes no sense. You let me know uh, what you're thinking about about these thoughts that I have. But this is my approach. So you guys know here at Perfect Soccer, we only share what we what we know through our own personal experiences. Um, and in my opinion, many people are sharing a lot of stuff from just what they think or what other people have said to them as opposed to just sharing what it is that they know through their own personal experience. So here at Perfect Soccer, we focus on only sharing what, we, what we've done for ourselves through personal experience. And this is the approach that I've taken. Um, this is the approach and philosophy that I've applied um, over time. And I attribute uh, much of my understanding to, of the game. Um, Life and um, uh, Business as a result of it So Having knowledge and knowing what to do Doesn't doesn't mean that it's still Not very difficult to apply And practice So everything that I'm talking about are things that I practice On a daily basis Emotional control uh, Being a very Important skill that you need to develop If you want to Um if you want to accomplish anything, uh, anything meaningful, I don't want to say that nothing meaningful can, uh, I don't want to say that nothing meaningful can't be accomplished without emotional control, but I would, actually yeah, I don't I don't think you, I don't think you can accomplish anything meaningful without developing the skill set of emotional control, um, because the environment, and I define the environment as the current state of mind of the masses, um, can be a very difficult place to navigate and if you do not have mo- emotional control, irrational decisions are going to keep you where you are or push you lower. So, uh, for F E R Ramirez 14 asks, what age is too late to become a pro? I don't think it's ever too late to become a pro. I just think the older you get, the, the chances and likelihood of being able to go pro drops significantly. So the older you get and the less experience you have at the professional level, uh, the less likely people already connecting the professional level are to give you an opportunity to go pro. Because let's say you get to 25, 26, 27, and you've never played any professional games. Um, If I'm a head coach or I'm a general manager, um, and I even see that you're a decent player, you're a good player, what about – why would I choose you over choosing like a 16-year-old who has similar talent to you? Uh, for me, the upside potential is much greater in the 16-year-old than than you. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't play pro or you wouldn't be a pro player. What I'm expressing is, when you're, if you're not so much better than the 16-year-old or the 20-year-old or the 23-year-old, then the upside potential or the 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 incentive to signing you becomes less and less from the perspective of the uh, decision makers. Um, EDP soccer said love this my man. Thank you very much. I appreciate I appreciate that um, Polish Thunderos asked Something I've been wondering what's the skill level difference between MLS players versus USL players? Um, I Know the USL is growing and a lot of previous and ex MLS players are starting to join the USL as MLS is growing, but um, from a general perspective, the uh, the skill difference is. I mean, there's a significant jump in the skill level between USL and MLS, but the consistency and the and the what's a better way to describe it? There's obviously a large jump. In the speed of pay, play and technical ability of players at the USL level to the MLS MLS level, like dramatically. Um, but not only on the skill level, I would say the consistency of the skill level. So I'd say there's guys at the USL level who have the technical ability and talent of MLS caliber, caliber players, but they're not able to play at that level for a sustained period of time. So... And I'm making this up kind of like arbitrarily. Let's say there's out of 100 games, a USL player could play at an MLS level, and I'm talking about in general here. Let's say 10 times out of 100. So they could have 10 really great games where you'd be like, "Hey, this guy can play at this level." But uh, MLS caliber player plays at the MLS level 80 times out of 100. Right. So it's it's the le- it's playing at that level for a consistent for a consistent amount of time. So what's difficult for USL guys is if they join or they get a tryout or they join an MLS team, the level of play, the speed of play, the time that you need to make decisions jumps up significantly. So they're not used to that. So when they join in, they're already behind. And if they can't, again, Mental Strength League, MSL, adapt or die, if they can't adapt and learn quickly enough to get up to speed within a month, Then they become branded as not good enough to play at this level and then they're put they're sent back down So that's the difficult thing of making jumps Jumping from level to level is because once you jump to the next level you have to be at that level or um, be at that level when you get there and it's very hard to be at a level if you haven't played there consistently over time so usually the way the way to make it from the USL to the MLS level is to is to get called in to an MLS team and play and play here and there reserve games. Uh, uh, we call them? exhibition games, preseasons, maybe over two, three, four, five years. And then you've got enough experience at the level to understand the speed to know what you need to do in the offseason so that when you do get called in for a preseason, you're at the level. And then once you're there, you have to not only play at that level, you now have to excel and showcase why you're better than the guy who's already been considered at the MLS level to beat him for a spot, which is very, very difficult to do because coaches and technical directors and general managers already have an idea of who they want to sign and why. Usually they're bringing in USL guys just to fill fill roles. And to fill uh, practice squads and rosters, so they can see the guys who they already have decided they want to go with. So there's a lot of things you're having to overcome when you show up. When you don't show up, um, already in in part of the part of the network, right? Um, working your way in is very difficult, and that only that can only happen if you're, you know you're mentally tough, you're mentally strong, you understand what you're signing up for, and you're committed to doing it for the long term, the long run. So ties really back to consistency um, and uh, being ready when your opportunity uh, arrives. Official memes, what up? Official memes finally came with the face reveal today. Congratulations on that. Uh, If you guys haven't seen that, go ahead and check that out over on his account. Um, Foodie Cave, what's going on? Gordon Wild, what's up? Uh, Chris ML joined. Center Mid, that's a decent name. What's going on? Welcome to the live. Let me see. You guys know that sometimes I fall behind because I want to make sure I'm getting back to everybody. Daisy Lenore, what's going on? Uh, Thank you. Uh, So, DXDDY said... Oh, thank you, man. Because like when I get mad, I just say, "I'm quiet," but I don't just keep. I don't keep going. Yeah, okay. So you're you're pouting, right? Um, pouting is a decision that you're making, and it's preventing you from doing the work that you need to do to to overcome what's currently in front of you. So don't pout. Accept accept it. Either accept that you aren't prepared and that's your fault, or accept that there's nothing you can do in this moment. So you'll come back the next time. Uh, wiser as a result of it let's see polish thunder so at the age 25 27 what else is there for us to be involved with soccer okay so Polish said so at the age of 25 27 um, no i'm just express so the example that i gave you is saying at the age of 25 26 27 if you haven't gone pro already because i know there are some people who say, who are still trying to go pro I'm expressing to you how coaches and general managers look at it. It doesn't mean that you can't go pro at 27. I've even heard stories of people going pro at 30, 32, 34. Um, I forgot. The, uh, in the NBA, there's some guy, I want to say he's like 34 years old or maybe even older, and he finally signed his first professional contract with the Lakers. So you can go pro. I'm just expressing to you the process to go pro gets more and more difficult with each passing year if you don't already have em- um, sorry, professional experience. K twenty three Hampton asks, "Hey Quincy, I've been training double days for a while in prep for college preseason with little rest days, but I still do recovery. However, today I hit a brick wall mentally and was only able to get twenty minutes. Um, yeah, I mean rest. We we should probably do. I think we could do a better job of uh, highlighting the need for rest and recovery, and kind of building the building that kind of into." what's going on. And I think I'll, I'll make sure I speak with Ross about integrating, let's say some recovery recovery programs or workouts or sessions. So you guys are aware of that, but let's say in general, a rule of thumb for every five day, for every four days of training, you need one day of rest. And that's a very general generic baseline, but you know, Going hard and working hard all the time isn't, isn't good um, because there's a, there's a, the law of diminishing returns, right? So uh, speaking to the theme where I said consistency over time. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but if you've enjoyed listening to this episode and learning what it takes to increase your mental strength, well, how would you like to work with me one-on-one directly? Now you can with B Pro Mentality. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash be pro. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Do uh, a level of training every day that you would always be able to do the next day in terms of consistency. So I'm I'm a believer in, in um, uh, low reps, low reps, consistency over time, as opposed to high intensity, um, for short durations of time. So, um, for instance, in my off season now, um, in my off season, this past off season, all I did for off season was built my foundation of endurance. And the way I did that was every single day when I woke up, I just got out of bed, I put my shoes on and then I went and ran. Um, just at a consistent pace at the pace. I felt I could sustain so uh, About two miles so I'd run consistently some days I felt better than others when I felt really good. I ran at a more, at a quicker pace if I didn't feel good I just ran at a at a pace that I knew I could maintain for the whole run so I run and work out at a pace that I know I can maintain for the entire workout and That's the level I stay at and, and that's the pace I run or work out at on a consistent basis, day by day by day. So I am very unlikely to ever hit a wall mentally or physically because I am adjusting, um, I'm adjusting what I'm doing in the moment to what I know I could maintain for the entirety of the workout. So a lot of people are trying to just like, fatigue themselves and make themselves tired, I'm trying to maintain a level, a pace uh, of whatever I'm doing that I can go, I can finish the entire workout, I can finish the entire session at that pace. And if I know I can't finish the whole session at that pace, I dial it back. And if I know I can do more, then I dial it up. And that's what I do over time. So for instance, let's say in the gym. And we, we have – when we work out in the gym, I do supersets. So by that, let's say there's three – there's six exercises and there's three sets of ten for the six exercises. I'll do the first set of ten and then uh, – the first exercise set of ten and then I'll do the next exercise set of ten, then the next exercise set of ten, then the next exercise all the way to the sixth one and then I'll start back at the first one. So I won't take a break. I won't rest. I just cycle through the set of 10. So whatever pace I have to go at to make sure that I can do the set of 10, then 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 the set of 10, the set of 10, the set of 10. Whatever pace I have to go at, that's the pace that I maintain until I finish all three sets of 10 for every single workout. Whereas opposed to when I'm looking at most people workout, what they do is they do three sets of 10. Maximum until they're tired or whatever and then they'll they'll wait until they catch the breath and everything gets back together so and Then they'll do the next rep of ten then they'll wait and they'll wait and then they'll do the next rep of ten uh, I I've I've worked out I've, I've worked out in both and I get much more out of the way that I'm expressing to you And I don't think many people work out the way that I'm describing to you um, Which in my experience Makes you much stronger much fitter and you get much more out of your workout and you spend a quarter of the time Actually working out. So I always joke with the with the guys in the in the weight room I say it's not the w-a-i-t room the weight room I feel like most people are just waiting in the room to do their next uh, Rep. It's the weight room. We're here to move some weight around and I don't want to wait I'd want to move from session to session to session until I'm finished and then I can get out of there. Um, it's all about, for me, it's all about productivity. I don't need to waste time trying to make it look a certain way for other people. I'm there to get my work done, to get the most out of my workout um, and uh, move on to whatever it is I feel I need to do next to improve uh, my game or my off-field endeavors. That's an important one. That was that one's an insider one. You guys should definitely use that. Let's see. Zaid, welcome to the live Instagram with an H underscore 72. What's up? Uh, Juan Gonzalez asked, were you a straight-A student? No, I was not a straight-A student, but I was an honor roll student. I think um, in high school, I averaged... Like a 3.8, 3. I think. 3.7, 3.8, something like that. Um, yeah. In college, I don't know what I averaged. Yeah, because you had your major GPA and then your general GPA. I, I don't remember uh, that. I, I know high school. I probably remember high school because it was better. I don't remember college because it wasn't as good. <laughs> Pit head, Andy, what's going on? Sites, welcome to the live. Shout out my roomie on the road. Appreciate you. Katie, what's up? Happy to have you. K9 said, thank you, Quincy. What you said truly helps. Happy to help. I'm more happy to hear that you're applying what you learn um, and trying new things and putting in the work. Because doing that is what's getting you these experiences you're hitting new difficulties and struggles which is part of the process so excuse me um, keep keep grinding you're going to uh, benefit from it greatly in the long run. Uh, Audrey what's up welcome to the live uh, Polish said I agree at 26 I know I'm past the point of making it pro I'm excited to get involved with coaching. No, That's awesome I'm happy to hear that you know, um, there's many different ways to be involved in the game, and uh, you know, the the fact that you wanted to go pro and it didn't work out for you is val- is a valuable experience because you can speak to young the younger generation about uh, why you believe you didn't go pro, so that they hopefully don't make the same mistakes as as you did. Maybe you waited a little bit too long to take it seriously. Maybe you didn't adjust or figure out what was necessary to get make the jump to the next level in enough time. Um, and if if not, uh, those are valuable lessons you can share with uh, kids when you're teaching them. So all about perspective. Uh, Andy said, hey, Quincy, did you have the same MSL mindset at as a 23-year-old as you do now? If not, how has it changed? I would say my mindset has always been the same in terms of my focus and understanding of my long-term goals and my self-belief and confidence. But I have refined the MSL to better describe and convey to people what my mindset is and why I believe and think the way in which I do. So um, 23 year old Quincy couldn't understand why people couldn't understand me 31 year old Quincy understands why people don't understand me and am better able to articulate to them so they can understand what it is that I'm saying or at least um, grasp grasp the concepts and ideas necessarily necessary to make a decision on whether or not they'd like to apply those, those ideas in their own lives to see what I'm saying for themselves. So okay. saying that another way would be many of the ideas that I have and the experience that I have are my own. So I've experienced them for myself. So. So other people didn't see them with their own eyes. They didn't experience them. They didn't put in the work that I put in to know that or to believe that what I am saying is true. Because from their perspective, they haven't experienced it. So how could they know that what I'm saying is true? They can't. Um, So because of that. Maybe if I'm conveying an idea or an experience that I've had or a lesson that I have learned personally because I have experienced it and I'm sharing that experience or idea with you. If you don't believe it to be true, chances are you're never going to learn that lesson for yourself. And if you never learn that lesson, you'll forever think or believe that I'm wrong or incorrect or that what I'm saying isn't true. So many of the things that I'm discussing on this show uh, when I talk with you guys weekly are ideas and lessons that I've learned from my own personal experience. Again, tying to Perfect Soccer, we only share what we know from personal experience. Knowing that many people will not apply the lessons that we've learned for themselves. And for that reason, they won't have the same experience as us, which means they won't know that what we're expressing may be true for them as well too. But they won't know if it is or isn't unless they apply what it is we're talking about and, um, and take action from the lessons and mistakes that we've uh, that we've learned from ourselves for ourselves. So the advantages to those of you who take these lessons and these processes and these strategies and these tactics and apply them in your lives to see if they work for you, and if they do, I mean now you've ex- you. You've exponentially increased and leapfrogged uh, the process that many other people are going to have to go through learning the hard way because many people are stubborn, just like me. I'm stubborn in my own ways, but one way which I'm grateful I wasn't stubborn with was having to make the mistake myself to learn the lesson. I think that's a mistake that many people make that waste or cost them a lot of time like for me. I'll defer to someone who has the experience, not in absolution. So, for instance, let's let's use an example. Let's say I've never touched a hot stove before, so I don't know that a stove will burn me. So, I've heard that a stove will burn me. So, I have knowledge that a stove is hot, but I have no experience. Again, information, knowledge, experience, wisdom. So, information, I see this thing over here and it's like red. That's information. Someone then tells me, oh, that's a stove. Okay, I now have knowledge. I can see this red thing and now I know it's called a stove. So there's two pieces of information of connective and I have knowledge. I don't know anything more about a stove other than that. That's a stove and I trust the person that told me. So they said it's a stove. Okay, it's a stove. Then I'm going to go and touch the stove and the person goes, hey, 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 don't do that. That stove is hot. It'll burn you. I'm now receiving new information from them. And the information they're telling me is they're speaking from experience. Hot is an experience. Burning is an experience. A word that describes an experience. The only reason that person knows that it's hot or it's burning is someone else told them So that someone else gave them information or gave them knowledge and told them it's hot or they've touched it for themselves and they personally have the experience. And now they're speaking from their own experience. Hey, that's hot. It'll burn you. You don't want that to happen to you. Right? But if you go back far enough, someone had to touch the stove. That's the only way that the information gets passed down as knowledge to the next person to let them know that you do not touch that because it is hot. Got it. So, so if I'm looking at it and I've never touched the stove, So at first I did, I've never seen this. I don't know what it is. They say, Oh, that's a stove. Okay. Now I know it's a stove or I'm told it's a stove. Okay. Next, I'm going to go touch it. Don't touch that. It's hot. Uh, Then I look at it and I go, okay, I'm going to defer to the person that said it's hot. Not because I believe everything that they say, but because they're saying that's a mistake that they made in the past. And there's a lesson that they learned as a result of doing that. And it's best not to learn that lesson right now. So instead, I'm going to spend my time on other things where I can, where I have to burn myself to learn because no one else has burned themselves doing that. Then once I've gained enough experience doing other things, burning myself on other things, then I'll come back to that stove and I'll touch it myself. Once I have enough experience and other things over here that allow me to know that touching the stove won't kill me now. And then once I touch it or I kind of, Feel a little bit for myself. Now I go, Oh, okay, I understand what hot is. I have a reference of experience of what hot is. So I don't avoid ever touching the stove. I wait until I get to a point in time that I know touching the stove won't kill me or hurt me. Won't hurt me to the point that it kills me or prevents me from moving forward. So, So being more strategic. I also don't avoid touching the stove. Even if I know the stove is going to be hot. As long as I know it doesn't kill me, I'm going to touch the stove. I'm gonna to touch the stove because I need, I want to taste that experience for myself. I need to be able to have that experience and be able to reference that experience so that when I express to someone else they should not touch the stove. I'm not just speaking from a book I read. I'm not just speaking from knowledge someone else conveyed to me. I've done, I'm only speaking from my personal experience. So I know it's true for me. That's why when I'm sharing with you guys, I'm saying, this is true for me. This is what I did. This is what worked for me. This is what didn't work for me. Just because it didn't work for me might not mean it won't work for you. I'm just expressing to you. I touched this stove. It burned me really badly, and I couldn't do anything for six months once I burned myself here. So before you touch this stove, go over there and figure out how to make some special gloves that can never get burned and you can never hurt yourself. Okay, so you're not out six months being able to use your hands. Then once you've designed that or made that, come back over here and then... Touch the stove quickly so you only are out of commission for a week, not six months. Because you still need to touch the stove. You still need that experience. I'm not telling you to avoid the experience altogether. And I'm not telling you to be so scared of the experience that you never try. What I'm telling you is you need to make mistakes. You need to make them often. often. But making mistakes means you 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 lost a lot of time. So for me, I'm saying leverage your time first. Be strategic with your time. Learn from the mistakes of others first. Go get experience in things that other people haven't done for themselves so you have experience no one else has. Then go and experience the things that everyone else has experienced because now, you have, now you'll do so with a deeper level of understanding, a greater appreciation for what you're learning, and, uh, and you'll be able to leverage what you learn to better expedite the other experiences that you have. Great question, Andy. Thank you for that. Let's see what we got. Uh, McKees7 what's going on Edgar great knowledge Quincy hey happy to share uh, Andy thank you very much uh, I appreciate the question I'm not able to share that unless the question uh, helps me unlock that so that's why I'm really big on the feedback from you guys um, you got to share or you know, you got to ask me questions you got to ask me questions um, from, from your personal perspective what you've learned or taken away from this Things that you've gotten out of this, like I said, uh, drop below some things that you've taken away from the show so far, Um, ideas or concepts or experiences that you've had as a result of this. Um, I'd love to hear the feedback and know, you know, know how better to serve and and share with you guys. Emilio, what's going on, man? Welcome to the live door freestyler. Tyler, Yo, I know you. I forgot. What account did you make it on? Was it the freestyler account? Congratulations, bro. Uh, Azir, Azida, Aziza, Dale67, what's going on? Um, soccer and finishing said Quincy's never wrong. Uh, I'm definitely wrong, but I make it right as quickly as possible. Uh, Juan said, show the man, yeah, we got the man of the match, guitar. Hey, I think the thing on the back fell off, but... Got the man of the match guitar in the – what game what Game was that? I don't even know who we were playing. I can't remember. New England? Yeah, New England. I think we are playing New England. Um, that volley. Joe Jackson, welcome to the live. Welcome, welcome. Uh, Rube466. Uh, Andy said, excited to meet you in person on Saturday. Hopefully – hey, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'll be out in Chicago this weekend. We play the fire. We take off after training tomorrow. So if you're in the Chicago area, make sure you make it out to the game. Um, we're going to try to maybe do like a pop-up or a little meet and greet. We'll figure something out. You guys got to harass Ross Tome to set something up because Ross has got to coordinate coordinate that. If Ross doesn't set it up, then uh, you know who to, who to blame. Um, center mid, do I have any specific workouts? Uh, yeah, I would say go to PerfectSoccerSkills.com slash Fitness Friday. Ross is putting up workouts every single week, and then Ryan is working to create more soccer-specific training. Pro- Not to say that the other stuff isn't soccer-specific, but Ross is just kind of sharing what he does to keep himself in shape. Uh, we'll start building out um, workouts and programs specific to like um, – uh, what's a better way to explain? Just soccer-specific workout programs, not necessarily like general workout workout uh, uh, sessions. Yeah, Coach Edgar said he's, uh, he's going with Ross. Awesome. So you guys will be making the game together. That's dope. Better see you guys with some MSL signs and uh, perfect soccer tees up in the corner. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Uh, I got about 10 more minutes left on the live before Instagram kicks me off here, so – Uh, If you guys got any more questions, make sure you drop them below. So we can get to that before I take off here, let me see, okay, so it's official said, what are the chances of getting a scholarship by playing high school level soccer? Um, That's a difficult question to answer. mainly because there needs to be a little bit more context <coughs> to the question. But um, your chances of getting um, a scholarship by playing high school soccer dramatically increase if you're actively reaching out to college coaches and um, and letting them know about your schedule, letting them know about your interest in their program, letting them know how you'd be a great fit for them, sending them your schedule, um, keeping in contact with them, and making sure you're maintaining the grades that you need to attend the actual, to attend the school. So, uh, if you don't know how to do that and how to do that best, make sure you go to perfectsoccerskills.com/college. Ross just finished updating our ultimate college soccer recruiting blueprint. That book will walk you through the entire college soccer recruiting process. So that'll basically give you the ability to fully understand what is necessary and what it takes to um, to increase your chances of getting to a college soccer program of your choice. So um, if you didn't know about that now you do. So let's see where we go. Uh, What do we got here? Yeah, Andy and Soccer Mama coming along, make sure you come check us out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll definitely say what's up to you guys for sure. We'll get some pictures and stuff as well, too. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, wish I town crowd size lately, you'll hear us, Quincy. There you go. I wanna hear you guys a little time and shouting at these guys to make sure that they put me in the game. Uh let's see, k 9 uh K C uh K twenty three Hampton, you updated your name. I'm used to K9 Hampton. Uh what did you wish you knew going into college on and off the pitch? So, if you kind of read the the article on perfectsoccerskills.com, uh, article titled "How I Went from Thinking I Never Play Soccer Again to Becoming a Professional Soccer Player," um, that article very much lays out uh, what I what I describe as the entire soccer picture. So, in high school, I didn't know. So the things that I just described to you, reaching out to coaches, letting them know about your schedule, telling them about your interest in their program, making sure that your grades or what you're applying for is relevant to, uh, to their school, their system, understanding what they're wanting, what they're needing, like all of those things. These are things I did not know in high school, which is why um, I got zero like recruitment offers, and it wasn't if it wasn't for the fact that two college coaches were coming to watch the opposing team that we were playing – to recruit a year out, if it wasn't for them coming to watch them on that day in the last tournament of my last game of my, of, my, uh, of my youth club career, I would have not been recruited. I would have not been seen. So I was completely by luck that they happened to be at that game. When they saw that game, they saw me and they were both interested and they invited me on college recruitment trips. And then from my recruitment trips, I was offered scholarships and I eventually um, ended up deciding to go play for UC Davis. Now when I got to UC Davis, that is when I understood what the actual soccer process is and all the things that had I have done in high school, I would have easily gotten a scholarship offer or more easily gotten a scholarship offer. And I probably would have played for a uh, a, a higher uh, ranked college soccer program. So. Uh, Davis was Division one. They had just uh, went from D2 to D1 when I had joined my freshman year. So they were in transition. They just got into Division one. Uh, but having, having played there, I would not change I would not change my college soccer career at all. I love my time at Davis. I had a great time. Um, I made a lot, of, uh, a lot of great friends. I have a lot of great memories and had great experiences there. But uh, from those experiences and understanding how it works and what was going on, um, yeah, from that, had I done what I learned, I uh, that had I done in high school, I would have definitely been at like a top, uh, soccer college soccer program. And, um, yeah, whereas Ross's, Ross's, uh, Ross was the complete opposite of me by the time he was getting to college he had like over 25 recruitment offers and scholarship offers all over the place he ultimately decided to go to UVA where he went on to end up becoming a, being the, the team captain and winning an NC2A championship. Um, But the reason why we wrote the book, The Ultimate College Soccer Recruiting Blueprint, was because of the the massive difference between Ross's process and my process. I was the way you absolutely do not do it. Ross was the way that you absolutely should do it to increase your chances and likelihood of of, uh, making it to a college program of your choice. And because we have both of those stories, we can show you um, where I was lucky and what I learned as a result of being lucky and where Ross was not lucky, where it it was 100% his – proactive nature and his willingness to reach out and all the opportunities he had to result that he had as a result of that and uh, Basically was teaching you. Hey, don't make the same mistake that I made and the mistake that a majority of players make Which ultimately usually leads to them not getting to play at the college level So um, what I wish I would have known I wouldn't change anything for myself personally because I I choose the perspective of every single thing that has happened to me has led me to learn the next thing. So I needed those experiences. Because I got lucky in high school, I made sure I would never get lucky at the professional level. So had I not had I not gone through that and got lucky by the skin of my teeth in high school, I probably wouldn't be in year 11 of my professional soccer career. The reason why I'm in year 11 is because Once I got – once pro became an option and an opportunity for me, I went, I need to learn the professional full picture because there's some – there's – this works in a certain way and if I learn how it works, I'll maximize my opportunities. I'll maximize my ability to be here and I'll maximize my ability to play in this league at this level for a very long time. Um, And the only reason I knew that and I sought that out. Or one of the main reasons I, I knew that and I sought that out I won't say the only reason was because I was lucky to get recruited uh, originally and I went okay I'll ne- you can be lucky once uh, and you can be grateful for being lucky everyone gets lucky at least once but you got to make sure that you're saying I won't ever require that I get lucky twice from then on I'm going to be proactive I'm going to take I'm going to be honest with myself self-honesty, I'm going to take self-initiative, I'm going to take action, and I'm going to hold myself accountable to what it is that I say I want to achieve or do. And by doing that, I believe over a long duration of time, I will get multiple opportunities and I will be ready when my opportunity comes. And I will take full advantage of it. Now, where you can, uh, where you'll probably hear from Ross and listen to, uh, speak to him is Ross was extremely proactive in his youth career, extremely proactive in his high school career. And that's why he had opportunities at the college level. But, and then he won an NC2H championship. He was the captain of his team. And then when Ross got to the professional level, he did not approach it the same way that he approached his high school and youth to get to college. And that was his mistake. And because of that, uh, the wave that he had, He was still riding the wave that he had created from all the work he did in youth high school and up to college and then he got complacent from in my opinion and i think ross would agree with this as well too but you gotta you'd have to speak to him and ask him from my perspective when i'm looking at it he uh he stopped doing the things that he uh he stopped doing all the extra things that he did that got him there in the first place because he thought he was there already He thought those things were enough to get him there and keep him there and then as you're going into year one of pro, year two and then year three and then all of a sudden once you realize what's going on and you try to make adjustments and changes, it might be too little too late. And I think that was the mistake that Ross had made um, uh, and why that didn't come full circle for him. And the difference for me is uh, I wasn't doing that. I got lucky then I caught here and then from there I realized. Even seeing what Ross did in, in, because you know we were friends and we would talk and have conversations. When I'd hear what Ross did on the youth and the club level to get to college, that made me realize and fully understand, like, oh, okay, Um, you that you shouldn't stop doing that, right? If if these were all the opportunities you had as a result of doing that, then the reason why you'll have opportunities in the future is if you continue doing that. So that was kind of the approach that I was taking with that and um it has served me well and why i'm in year 11 of my career so hopefully that kind of answers that question um but that was a good one thanks for asking that let's see what we got here so we've got probably like two more minutes before they we got to get going here uh manuel asks how did you feel about your goal against marseille I felt good you know uh, I recognized and noticed that um, I had an advantage in the aerial duels so I I made sure that I, I attacked the ball on the corner kicks and lost my defender uh, the first one I had you know I got in front of him beat him got up and scored that first goal and then I, I almost had two other header goals off of the corner kicks there but the goalkeeper made some really great saves so I was, I was kind of I was pretty pissed about it because I made great contact on one of them like really good put it where I wanted to in the corner and he dug that out and then the next one I made I made contact with it but not um, I took my eyes off the ball right as I made contact which is a mistake because I wanted to see where it goes kind of like if you guys have ever golfed picking your head up to see where the ball goes you turn and uh, is not good let's see so I've got a minute and a half here guys before they kick me off. But uh, as always, thank you very much for joining in on the live. Um, yeah, no, I just appreciate. I really appreciate it. I appreciate the support. I appreciate you guys, you know, sharing the account, uh, tagging us, letting people know about us, and then also, you know, letting us know what you're getting out of the account. If if what you're if what you're learning, what you're getting from this is valuable to you, I really appreciate if you share us on your. Uh, on your stories, tag our accounts so we can reshare you and shout you out and share it across our platforms. Tag me on those accounts and uh, let me know what you're taking away, um, good, bad, doesn't matter. We're sharing it all because we, we want to make sure that we're, uh, we're taking on the feedback that you guys are giving us so we can make sure to continue to provide the most valuable uh, content we can online. So yeah, of course, Andy, thank you so much. Nick, thank you. Uh, yep, I'll see you guys Saturday. Uh, Sage, I'll have to answer those questions next week. Sorry, uh, I wasn't able to get to it because Instagram's going to cut me off here in the next 10 seconds. Uh, I will see you guys next week. Be good to one another, like Ross always says. And, uh, yeah, see you next Thursday. Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. you <sharp inhale>